Mark Horashevsky, today's guest, is the CEO and founder of Moving Worlds, which operates a platform that convenes partners to build a more equitable, just, and sustainable global economy by empowering social enterprises and the people working with and within them. Mark will share insights about his work and his superpower. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. It is, I'm, I'm really excited to catch up with you because you have been successful. You were, you were successful when we first talked and, and I'm excited to sort of get the progress. What has it been? Seven years now? It's, it's been a bit. No, it's great to reconnect. I'm, I'm excited for the conversation. Yeah. Um, so you have been, you know, matching volunteers uh, to provide expert volunteerism work, experteering uh, around the world. And it's such a cool idea. Uh, you know, all of us get stuck doing, I shouldn't say stuck. I really value the opportunity to go volunteer and dig a well to, you know, lift heavy objects for other people. I think it's grounding. I think it's important. But I also, every time I wonder, wouldn't it be better if I leveraged, you know, my 40-year career in some way to actually deliver more value? And that's what you're doing. So tell us a little bit uh, about how things are going now, uh, seven years on. So I guess you're now about 10, 12 years into this. We're, we're 10 years into Moving Worlds. Yep. And we started with our global expertiering network, a, a place where people could volunteer their professional skills, their expertise to support social enterprises around the world. And, you know, that is still a, a core part of what we do, but what we've really found in the seven years, right, since, since we spoke is that the, the motivation, right, the, the reason that people were experteering was beyond altruism, right? It was people were looking for ways to get ahead in their careers. They were exploring social enterprise ideas of their own that they wanted to start, or they were being sponsored by their company to really learn about social innovation in the field and then to bring those insights to then advance their career or start their own social enterprise or help their own business become more socially and environmentally responsible. And so, yeah, where we're at now is a global network of social enterprises uh, from well over 100 countries, professionals from over 60 countries, uh, sponsored by companies like SAP, Unilever, Microsoft, PayPal, and more that are really seeing the power of when people learn about social entrepreneurship and the principles that go into it, like systems thinking and design thinking, when they get equipped with that, when they can connect with peers in that learning process, and then actually spend time with social enterprises to support them in their greatest needs, then they come back with skills, insights, and ideas that they can then use to embed in their own jobs, right? To make their own companies, their, mo their own organizations more successful and more socially impactful. As we think about uh, this work and the corporate side of things, when Microsoft sponsors someone and SAP sponsors, are, are those folks sponsoring only their own employees or is this a, a public program that, mm. that whoever can participate in? Yeah. So uh, a little bit of both. This this last year, in partnership with SAP, Transform, and Unilever, we launched something called the Transform Support Hub 
which is powered by and operated on the Moving Worlds platform. On that platform, social enterprises from around the world can come and access on-demand learning content, network with other social enterprises, attend live events with industry experts, find expert hearing support. So find pro bono, high-skilled people for any business challenge, technical, business, operational. And they can also get access to corporates that are looking to spend money with and partner with social enterprises. And then on the other side of that, we provide education to professionals that want to learn more about social entrepreneurship, that want to learn how companies are embracing environmental, social, and governance factors. And that platform, that transform support hub is open to social enterprises around the world. It's also open to professionals from anywhere also around the world. Now, some of those partners, I can use SAP as an example, they operate they sponsor their employees into that. They also provide and operate additional programmatic elements that we manage with them uh, that are more embedded into their core business that provide either leadership development or business innovation programming. So uh, in a way, that's a long way of saying both. Yeah, it's uh, it really is kind of a, a great collection of programs you've got. One that I think you've added since... Uh, our last conversation is a certification program, a six month fellowship. Tell us about this six month fellowship. This is, it sounds kind of daunting, but also pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, those, those words resonate. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'd add transformative to it. It's, it's, uh, sure. it's pretty cool. Um, of course I'm biased, but you know, we, um, we spent a lot of time talking to our stakeholders, right. And what we learned from, the professionals that were experteering on our platform is they were asking us questions like, hey, what books should I read? Who else should I network with? Can you connect me with so-and-so? I want to learn more about human-centered design. I want to learn more about impact investing. I want to learn about systems thinking. And so we created uh, a six-month program called the Moving Worlds Institute Global Fellowship Program, where kind of goes along people's experteering journey, whatever that journey is. Some people do it part-time. Some people are fully immersive. Uh, Some people are just in in like an hour a week kind of coaching or mentoring relationship. But supplemental to that, people join a cohort of other professionals walking a similar path. They get weekly office hours with, uh, you know, Cole Hoover, who leads our institute. They get access to really cool industry leaders, uh, authors, social entrepreneurs, sustainability leaders from companies. And they kind of get this front row, not like webinar, but like conversation with people who are really in the field doing the work across a lot of different sectors. And at the end of those six months, people are leaving with, you know, the vocabulary, lived experience with social enterprises and and a vastly expanded network across sectors so they can really see, okay, as I take the next steps in my career, now I have a better idea of where I can use my strengths and really tap into my purpose um, and and either find what's next or use those insights to grow in their current role. It really sounds like a powerful program. Uh, how much does it cost? What's, yeah. Yeah. So- I, I bet it's expensive. It's yeah, unfortunately, right? Um, the uh, so it it's uh, it's thirty six hundred dollars for for the six months, uh, and 
but we do also have a scholarship program uh, as well as like cost of living essentially adjustments. Yep. So um, our goal is to make it as accessible as possible. Uh, and uh, we are able to offset some of those costs by virtue of how some of our other operations yeah. work. But 3600 is not expensive compared to Harvard tuition. Let's be clear. That's a bargain. Compared to uh, compared to Harvard tuition, yes, definitely, yeah, okay. definitely agree. Um, you know, uh, we and it includes looking, field work, right? It, 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 am I includes, thinking about this right or wrong? So it includes a, a an experteering match with a social enterprise. Some people will do that virtually. Some will go in country. You know, right now, last two years especially, right, travel has kind of been all over the place for individuals. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it definitely includes that very curated match with the social enterprise where you're going to be doing and and engaging with the local social entrepreneur doing real, yeah. real work with them. This appeals to me so much on a personal level. Mm. I've always thought of about, about people with gray hair doing this. I presume people with gray hair are welcome, but 100%. I think you've told me young people are more likely to be the, the, the folks who are doing this is partly as a career development thing that are experteering with you in a broader sense, not just the fellowship program. Yeah, our Armenian median is right around like 35, 37. Uh, so uh, our, our eldest was, was 68, uh, and I believe our youngest was, was 24. Uh, so we, we do span. Really, for us, what's important in the application period is that we see that you're engaging in this program and learning alongside a cohort of other professionals that are using this experience to catalyze something next. And that can be an encore career. That can be your own social enterprise. That can be uh, a new job. The shared walkway of saying, you know, and, and, and maybe even stepping back a little bit, I think what we see is people will say, oh, I, I want to go get a job at a social enterprise or I, I want to go work at a nonprofit or I want to retire. We actually think those are all hypotheses that people have. And what we do in the Institute is walk through those assumptions about what people want to do next and where they want to do it, and then help them get exposure via conversations, via experteering, via networking, via mentorship, in order to really validate that that's what they want to do next. But the, the, the common bond is that we're using this experience to catalyze something next where we can be more impactful with our career. Yeah. It seems like this is just uh, critically important stuff for people's careers. Um, now, we've talked about several different things, and I want to make sure that we are isolating them to the extent they may need to be. Uh, but uh, you have an experteering program. It's a volunteering, sophisticated matching going on where someone who says, I'm, I'm a, a controller and I want to devote my three weeks of vacation this year to an experience in somewhere around the world. And I'll just, I'll give my time to go help somebody with finance. That experteering model is different from the fellowship program, which is a six month curriculum that includes an experteering piece in there as well. Right. Yep. Uh, help, help us distinguish one from the other and the other offerings that you have sure. as well. Yeah. So yeah, we, we started as an experteering platform. And so, you know, our, our, our platform, which is a digital platform has that experteering component, learning management system, community site, 
uh, and certificates, right? So if people complete modules, they get certificates, they can add those to LinkedIn. Um, so the experteering is kind of, that's a common thread in every program that we do, whether it's our institute or one of our corporate programs, uh, because that's how we think adults learn, right? Is through experience, right? And this is not just what Moving Worlds thinks, right? Other research has really told us that that's how adults learn and we've continued to validate that. Um, the Institute is for professionals that are looking, in addition to experteering, and maybe the one addition I'd make to your comment for that controller is, yes, people could do three weeks full-time, but they could also mentor uh, you know, a, a first-time controller at a, at a scaling social enterprise an hour a week. You know, so so we actually you can find projects that relate to your your duration uh, that you have available. The institute is for professionals that really are looking for their own personal development journey. And then our corporate programs is when we partner with a company who wants their people to go experteering full time or part time, and also engage in different learning modules. Right, and so we will pull content. Uh, or lessons or modules from our institute that relate to the goals of that company. So as an example, we've had you know one company, Microsoft, right? Their program was really built around let's let's scale and support startups on the African continent. That was that initiative. So the content that they were consuming from us was very focused on just how to be an effective skills-based volunteer and cross-cultural leadership. Um, SAP, uh, one of our partners uh, now, they're looking at how do we look at all aspects of SAP business from the CEO all the way down? How do we look at what our product does and how do we make that more socially and environmentally responsible? How do we find more socially and environmental, environmentally responsible suppliers and partners and distributors? And so they're looking at not just best practices and volunteering and cross-cultural leadership, but actually fundamental business model innovation with a strong social and, and uh, 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 environmental lens. So their programming with us includes leaders from the executive level through individual contributors with slightly different programs that we support internally, but they're really looking at this as a way of saying we can engage and, and educate our employees on what is environmental and social governance? What are the sustainable development goals? And what is a new way to lead in a more environmentally and socially conscious global economy? And then from there, can we equip them with also the internal peer network so they can get support on their ideas? And then can we connect them to the social enterprises that they can partner with, that they can bring into their own supply chain, that they can bring in as operational partners, that they can bring in as distribution partners to fundamentally evolve their business to really be pro-planet, pro-social. I want uh, I want to try and get a specific case study example of a person's experience. And I realize we haven't gotten anybody's permission, so you, maybe you can anonymize it a little bit. Sure. But share us an example or two of what people did with as much specificity as you can. So people sure. want, listening can go, Oh, now, now I get mm, it. This is what sure. people are doing. Right. Sure. Yeah. So um, maybe I can tell two stories here, one from the social enterprise side and, and one from the professional side. Cause I think okay. what we see is, you know, moving worlds exist to help create a more sustainable, just and equitable economy by 
growing the social enterprise sector and helping integrate it into the formal economy. And so we always look at social enterprises and start with them and say, hey, what, what do they need? What, where are they looking to support? So um, I'll use uh, uh, one social enterprise. Um, actually, I was just having uh, an exchange with, with this one. So uh, their name is Arclight. They take waste-bound plastic. They turn it into smart gravel. Very, very cool organization. Um, yeah, I'm an investor. Oh, amazing. Okay. Of the tiniest. <laughs> did, did not know this. Did not know this. So, <laughs> yeah. um, right. Arclight's Fun got a great story. They've, they've got investors. They've been through an accelerator model. And they've realized, right, that one of their paths through growing their impact and, and scales direct to consumer products, sure, but also direct to business products, right? They just announced a new partnership with Semex. Uh, where their their smart gravel will actually be kind of a filler, if you will, a less environmentally intensive and plastic sequestering filler into construction materials. Building that type of commercial partnership is very, very hard. You need connections. You need to speak the language. In order to go through procurement with corporate sectors, you need to understand master services agreements. You probably need to be compliant with certain legal requirements, insurance requirements. That's a hard road to walk. So what we do is we help these social enterprises build the connections, get insider connections at companies like an SAP, uh, uh, like a Home Depot, right? Move into places so they can build those commercial relationships, and then upskill not only the not only the founder, but I think more importantly the team behind the founder uh, in things like operations, in customer success, in accounting, in HR. But if you're still an early stage social enterprise, still working through that pioneer gap, you're still trying to find product market fit, you don't have enough resources to do that training, to hire people who have already been experts. So we provide that cap capacity boost, right? We might train one team member, mentor another, and then give you a team of experts from SAP to help you with your licensing model or something else. So on the social enterprise side, it's that direct skills-based support to overcome challenges and also giving you some inside connections at places that you might just not have. I think then on the flip side of that, you have professionals that are coming from these corporations and they're looking at ways of, you know, everybody's talking about ESG, everybody's talking about CSR, people are looking to find their purpose, they're trying to make a social impact. And so um, actually, one of the programs that we just operated with SAP was where they had a small team of people going through a leadership development program uh, for, for business professionals. So these teams of people worked with companies like Arclight, uh, like uh, Blue Dot, like um, uh, Vega Coffee, right? Really cool uh, and growing social enterprises and help them work on everything from uh, developing their sales pitch to their sales content, to their licensing model, pricing strategy, and more. So now what happens with these professionals, right? They're engaging. Before engaging with the social enterprise, they're getting a kind of crash course on what is social entrepreneurship, right? Why do companies care? Why does SAP care, right? So these up-and-coming leaders are learning about, from a strategic perspective, why is our CEO talking about the importance of sustainability, and social equity at our company. So they're seeing that from the business side of things. They're learning about impact investing. They're looking about, they're learning about systems thinking. So yes, they can help this social enterprise, but also so they can take these insights back into the business. And what they're learning in that process is they're also internally usually connected with, with a mentor or a, or a peer network group 
what they're learning is that some of their customers, right, the people that they're selling to are asking them questions about, but what is SAP doing for its ESG requirements, right? And now they have answers, right? Or they're looking for partners, right? They need to develop a new business model or a new product. And now they have insights from social enterprises that they can actually engage and pull in. But then they're also getting insights, right? We've had one um, from, not from SAP, another large tech company uh, who actually firsthand saw how their artificial intelligence algorithms uh, had built-in racism, right? Uh, it was great at recognizing if you were a middle-aged white man, but if you were a, if you were a black man with an accent, it could not pick out who you were. And so being able to see that, somebody was able to see that, go back, talk to the product teams, and actually connect the dots and say, if we invest in accessibility, this is how it's actually positive for our business. And that person led major accessibility initiatives, you know, at this organization, which actually resulted in uh, in one of the biggest like government contracts ever related to accessibility in uh, with with the government of Canada, the federal government. So I think you're seeing this this kind of shared value approach here of people learning and engaging very intentionally, not just for themselves and altruism, not just for their career, but also to really look at and shape and, and, and create socially and environmentally responsible business models. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, thank you for taking the time to help give us some examples. So people listening, get the story in, in, Happy in to their do context, but you've been really successful, Mark, uh, at this. I mean, as I listen to you now, I can just see in so many different ways, many of them subtle, but clear nonetheless, big progress over the mm -hmm. last. You've accomplished a lot. Uh, I think your website describes it as $25 million of, of experteering donated. I mean, that's, you know, just that measure alone is a huge measure of success, but there's so much more. What is your superpower? <laughs> I um, First off, Devin, I, so often it feels like I'm just getting started. I'm, I'm still learning, right? Uh, and um, so anyway, it means a lot hearing, hearing that from you. And I, I really appreciate that, that compliment um, and need to give a shout out to, to the team. I, and, you know, have been, you know, we've worked hard for it. Uh, from, you know, Derek Nord, who I co-founded Moving Worlds with, to some of our earliest, you know, employees that, that took big chances on a, on a growing organization. I think the, the social enterprise, our social enterprise is nothing without the incredible team that uh, learns quickly, that listens to customers, that listens to stakeholders and, uh, and adapts to their, their core needs. And, uh, and I think that the success that we have is really a measure of the people who have joined this team with curiosity, with, you know, commitment uh, and uh, a real belief that human centered design is not just a nice concept, but it's something that you, that you really can live actually every day. Uh, and if you do that, you, you build a, an enterprise. I think, you know, to maybe even building off the, the concept of the team is, and maybe this is my superpower though, maybe strangely, this will, this will sound like a weakness is, you know, there's a lot that as I've kind of gone through this journey, uh, I've had to change, you know, about myself, right? And I remember 
hearing this talk once where people said that, you know, the culture of an organization is really the, the kind of living, you know, kind of incarcerated or the living um, uh, uh, personification of the founder. Right. And it was actually my wife who is an executive, uh, a, a people executive. And, and she said, that's totally the wrong way to, to think about culture. Culture should be as strategic as your business model and your operational model. And so you need to design a culture that's actually best for your organization to grow and scale and create an impact and be an amazing place to work at. And some of my natural tendencies, I'll be honest, don't lead to that. And the reason I share that is to say, I think what I've learned, and it's taken a while to get there, but it's a superpower maybe that I've developed or am still developing, Mm -hmm. which is to say, this is the part about how I naturally show up, how I naturally react, how I naturally communicate and collaborate that actually aren't in the best service of our mission and of, and I think most importantly, of the people that are a part of my team. And if I can learn about what that is, if I can really listen, manage my emotions in that process and actually kind of change the way that I show up for my different team members uh, that's hard work, right? You're changing like <laughs> some of your emotional reactions. Um, but, but I would actually say, I think that's it for me is, is being able to kind of work through that discomfort, even if it takes a long time, yeah. keep learning. And then I can get out of the way of the amazing team members that I have. Right. Sure, and really let sure. them grow. So, yeah, I don't know if that it, makes it's sense. It's really, but. it's really an extraordinary superpower. And, it's the kind of thing I really admire because I have tried so hard to do that. And it is hard, right? It's hard. <laughs> you talk about changing the way you react to a set of circumstances, uh, whether that's a combination of genetics or just training and practice that you started developing as a two-day-old baby, right? There's a lot built into the way we react to stimulus. And it's easy to say, there's a better way. Mm. It's hard to do it. So as you are mastering the superpower of being able to reframe and react in a more constructive way to help change the culture, how would you coach others on your team or elsewhere Mm. to develop that same superpower? How do you get that control? How do you get that the perspective, the self-awareness, the vulnerability, all that's required to be... Mm better yeah um yeah good good question you know i'll i'll ground this in in maybe in in human-centered design thinking right um actually maybe maybe like a a a brief bit of brain brain psychology there there were two books that i read a few years back that i think shifted the way i think about this one was how to rewire your anxious brain and the other one is how emotions are made and the core thesis of these was Emotions are actually a learned, uh, um, a learned skill. We, we adopt these from the culture, the society, the people that we're around. Um, and that changes over time. And, uh, and then you actually can adopt practices on a daily basis that give you the strength and the energy to actually work, work through and, and manage through that. So in, in our institute, one of the premises that we start with is you can't create social change until you kind of have an idea of actually like who you are and what drives you, because that does influence how you show up. 
right? Are you doing it for ego? Are you doing it for impact? Are you doing it to honor somebody? Whatever your motivation is, it will influence how you show up. So it starts with like an understanding of self and how you understand self is is different, right? But I think it belongs or, or the things that you would do in understanding self is answering some of the big questions in life, like who are you? What are your first principles? Why are you here? Uh, and then adopting rituals that help you move through every day in line with that. You know, and so for me personally, I can tell you that that's, you know, wake up, don't look at my phone, take a deep breath, put my feet on the floor, ground myself, set intention for the day, go chug a, a, a glass of water, um, like with intention. Uh, it's something that I'm doing for myself. And then at some point during the day, I've got to exercise, I've got to move the body. Um, and at another point in the day, I've got to do some type of mindfulness. It can be a breathing exercise. It can be a slow walk, uh, uh, but I've got to do something. So, so start with that self. Then I think the next thing is move through work uh, in a very kind of human-centered design focused way, right? And human-centered design is not just how to design new products. If you actually look at the concept, human-centered design believes that the solutions lie with the people experiencing whatever it is around them. And that can be a problem or it can be an opportunity. So your partners, your employees, your team members, they're humans, they have the solutions. And so my job then is to move through all those processes with first, build empathy, right? Second, define the problem or the job to be done, right? Then ideate different solutions, then prototype something and then test. And, and I think that shows up like, how I'll work with the team member. Like, hey, I think the issue is maybe when I show up in this way, it maybe makes somebody feeling a little bit, um, you know, diminished in their work because I'm giving too many ideas. So what's my job to be done, right? The job that I need to do is adopt more of a coaching posture, right? And let that person really identify some of their own ideas because it's important for that person. My other teammate might love my ideas. That's like the brain start. That's why they come to me, but it's different, right? And then try it. Adopt more of a coaching coaching posture in a call um, and then and then kind of test, right? Did that work better? Ask for that feedback and that returns in the cycle. So, you know, beginning with self, whatever that works, and then really moving through work, adopting that kind of human-centered design work. I mean, that's that's why we're doing this, right? We're, everything that we're doing is we're trying to make life better for the humans around us, our community, the planet at large. And I think it's really important that we move through that and model that on a day-to-day basis, even when it's hard, or rather, especially when it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are powerful insights, Mark, powerful insights. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We, it's just been really a rich experience for us. And it's a thrill for me to see how much you've progressed and the great work that you're doing now. Before we wrap up, would you take just a minute and tell people how they can learn more about moving worlds, how maybe they can apply for the fellowship or the experteering, uh, and then sure. uh, tell people how they can you know, follow you on social media or connect with you otherwise. Yeah, perfect. Uh, thanks so much for the opportunity, Devin, and to everybody listening in, thank you for your time. You got a lot of places where you can spend it, and I really appreciate that. Uh, find us on movingworlds.org. Uh, if you're interested in that kind of independent professional development program, it's the Moving Worlds Institute. Uh, if you're just looking to engage and want to learn more about how you know corporations are are uh, investing in environmental and social governance and, and CSR and looking to partner with social enterprises, 
make sure to check out the, the Transform Support Hub that is powered by and operating on the movingworlds.org platform. Uh, you can get to them both from, uh, from our webpage. And that Transform Support Hub has on-ramps for into social enterprises uh, that are looking for support, for professionals that are just looking for, for volunteering projects, for corporations that want to engage their employees, and also for impact accelerators, impact investors and accelerators uh, that are looking to kind of also tap into this network to source new social enterprises or to get the word out about themselves uh, and also to provide ongoing support to their own social enterprises. Uh, so those are those are the places to go check. And if you want to find me on LinkedIn, uh, we post uh, uh, probably more from other people than about ourselves, right? We, we, we're sharing social impact jobs and opportunities and call for applications. So if we can help you connect into the social enterprise network, uh, definitely find us on on LinkedIn. Um, the, the company name is Moving Worlds, and my uh, my handle there is Mark Horshevsky. Fantastic. Well, again, Mark, thank you so much for being with us. We wish you every success in the great work you're doing. Thanks so much, Devin. Really, really appreciate the opportunity. All righty. Let's do some good. Let's do it. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? Visit devonthorpe.com. Then let's talk. Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.